Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. We're back to talk about part two of the Ravens defense in this third preseason game against the Buccaneers. I'm Ken McCusick, joined by Jake Vogel, who will talk about the defense a little more in terms of some individual play. And then we're going to jump right into our roster predictions, since I know a lot of you are just listening to this show to try and fill out your own guess the roster pool. Uh, actually, pretty complex uh, this year, and we think we can probably add something to what you might be thinking about the uh, uh, the roster things with our uh, look at deployment and uh, and some other things about the uh, handshake crew on this team. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing well, Ken. Thank you. How are you? Life's good. Always a pleasure to talk football with you, my friend, and uh, had a great first episode. I thought uh, uh, talking about the cornerback battle and uh, what, what went on at outside linebacker, some of the things with David Ajabo and why he might have still been out there so late in the game. A uh, lot of interesting discussion, a uh, lot of roster talk. We did go through, if you if you have missed it, we talked about the defensive line and the outside linebackers in terms of the individual performance. So we'll be starting an inside linebacker for this show. Uh, anyway, go download it if you haven't. It's a good listen. Uh, I'd encourage you to do that. Um, anything else from our first show that you wanted to highlight for people before you go on to inside linebacker? Um, just, I, I think it's going to be tough to make this roster um, for a lot of these players we're talking about. You know, these are the fringe guys that are playing in the third preseason game. You know, the names outside of Travis Jones and, um, you know, Tavius Robinson. And some of these players are, are not as obvious for the 53, but are definitely names to keep an eye on for the practice squad and um, potentially – some sort of trades, especially as we get into this inside linebacker. If the Ravens have value on their roster that they can get some sort of um, compensation for before cutdowns, it is in this group inside linebacker. And then I would also say on the offensive line. So, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think those are the two places. So let's go ahead and talk about inside linebacker. And you know, the rules, as we always say, guest goes first, pick a player, Tell us something you saw that you liked, and I'll talk about it a little bit maybe, and then go on to my next. So the guy that has seemed to you know stick out the most um, throughout training camp and in these preseason games is Delshawn Phillips. Um, I think at this point he seems like the fourth inside linebacker, and that might be a little bit controversial um, for some people because Malik Harrison is also in that conversation. Um but, uh, you know, as far as being a pure inside linebacker that can handle the responsibilities of, you know, playing some Mike and playing some Will, I, I think he fits in the, the cleanest out of all of these guys. Um, so that's who I would mention first, just the way he's been able to play um, in practice, making splash plays, and then also in the games, just kind of being a steady – um, presence in the middle of that defense. I, I just think he stands out a little bit more than some of the other guys. No doubt about it. He's had a great preseason, unbelievable camp as well. And the guys involved in plays day after day at camp, punching the ball out, passes defense, interceptions. It just seems like he's got his hands on the football so regularly there. You would, you would not expect it from a defensive player. 
Eight tackles in this game, so four more. I think it was four solos, four assists. Might have been six and two, but whatever it was. Um, four defensive wins in this game. He finished the preseason with 21 tackles. Um, that was the sixth highest total in the entire NFL this year. There's a lot of guys playing more snaps than him. A few guys playing four games instead of three, instead of him. Mm-hmm. And he's still sixth highest in, t- in terms of tackles. And he did not have a single missed tackle this preseason. Very wow. yeah. nice. Very that's, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if he's a he's a fourth-year player, he would have to clear waivers if he's cut. So I don't think the Ravens right. are going to take that chance. I think they clearly will keep him. He's very important on special teams for them. Last year, he played only one defensive snap. Um, I think this year he will play more. I think he'll be in there and relief some games. I think they'll probably try and take it easy on Roquan. I think they'll probably take it easy on um, on Patrick Queen when they can, um, if they've got some some blowouts that they that they have an opportunity, I think we'll see we'll see some Phillips and we'll see some Harrison. We may see we may see some Simpson as well in there. And uh, when you say he's the fourth linebacker, you're putting him behind Simpson but ahead of Harrison, or are you putting him ahead of Simpson? Um, I'm more so talking about your initial 53 man roster breakdown. Um, the construction of the roster, I would put him behind Simpson because of the mm-hmm. draft capital used on the player. Yep. Not necessarily where I think they would enter the game. Uh, I believe, based on what I've seen so far, he would actually be the third inside linebacker behind Patrick Queen um, and Roquan Smith, of course, you know, and flip the order. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Delshan could very easily be the first off the bench. I do. I have a stronger belief in how they actually break down between the Mike and the Will, though. And I think Phillips is more coverage value. I think we've seen so far more run and chase ability, probably. And uh, Malik is really bulked up this year. He's listed at two fifty nine on the roster, which is which is enormous for a Mike linebacker. But yeah. it's really more of a tip of the hat to outside linebacker responsibilities yep. that he could yep. have. So I, I think we'll see. Um, I, I think we would see uh, Harrison first at the mic if something happened to Roquan. And boy, we certainly hope that day does not come. Um, but we, but you know, it might come in just mop up duty at some point. I think we have a pretty good chance to see uh, him, but we probably also have a pretty good chance to see Simpson. Uh, if it's mop up duty, you know, you're hoping the other team's passing. You'll probably be, uh, willing to go a little bit light at those positions, not defending the run, you would be. So hopefully we would uh, we, we'd see it the way we'd want to see it, and not in a in a minus twenty situation uh, that, that that it always could be. Of course, uh, I, I'm thrilled with Phillips in his preseason. I think he's clearly made the team. I don't think the Ravens take any risk on on uh, on uh, Tuesday, and he's a fourth year player, so he'd actually have to go through waivers. Uh, he's not. He cannot be handshaked onto the team. So uh, he is a guy that Ravens, ha- if if they keep him, they've got to have him on the initial 53. Right. Let me talk a little bit about Malik because I've been uh, happy with Malik generally this preseason. This this last game had some ups and downs in terms for him. His roster spot's not in any jeopardy, but he made some plays. He, he had some bad bad situations. I've kind of lost coverage uh, on one play. Uh, I don't think they have any problem keeping five inside linebackers as this roster is constructed. I think they kind of see Harrison as a um, hybrid outside inside linebacker and a guy that they might need to put in for early Sam downs. And that particularly could be true if Clowney misses some time. That's certainly happened occasionally in the past. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I have... I have some opinions when we get to the the actual roster breakdown, but um, I, I definitely agree with the role that you mentioned. Okay. All these guys, really big special teams performers. The, the guys who are on the margin of the inside linebacker uh, role, and if you consider it as, as the four being um, Phillips, Harrison, um, Simpson, and Welch, are all four-unit special teams players, which means they're both on the kickoff return and the kickoff coverage unit. So they play a ton of snaps um, on on uh, you know across the board in terms of the kicks. I would, I mean, the Ravens love those guys who can do that and also play a little bit of defense. And we've seen guys stick around for years doing that. Harrison, I made the point is is you know potentially the new Albert McClellan for this team. 
All right. Who, who, who else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, you were mentioning it before. We could talk a little bit about um, Ross. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he he was a player that really stood out last year. Um, and somebody coming into this season that I thought would be competing um, for that number four linebacker spot with Trenton Simpson at the number three, like I mentioned before. Um, so kind of in direct competition with Malik Harrison. Um, but Delshawn Phillips kind of came out, not, not exactly out of nowhere, but he really made it difficult to um, to talk about Ross in that same way. Uh, I think Ross has been solid this preseason. He hasn't done too many things um, poorly, but uh, just hasn't stood out in the same way. And I, I don't think he has a spot on the 53, but he, he definitely is a practice squad candidate. Yeah, I mean, they, this team has a fair amount of depth and a lot of guys they might like to keep around for the practice squad. And they're limited to 16. I think it's 16, um, which seems like a lot, like you shouldn't have any problem. But once you start counting up where these guys are coming from, you don't have two for every position group. So, right. you know, you you probably want a quarterback there. You probably, you know, you, you don't have a backup long snapper. I don't think they're going to have that luxury this year. They, they, did, they did that with Nick Moore for a while, if you remember. Yep. Um, but you know certain positions you really want to have like a like a backup left tackle. They uh, David Sharp is just the kind of the right level of not particularly good that he mm-hmm. probably won't get taken on that practice squad. Right. Um, so uh, you know you want somebody like that for emergencies. Uh, anyway, they they don't have two per position. So the, we were talking about the defensive line on the first show, and we said there's probably not three spots for all of Bots, Nichols, and Caesar. Right. Yeah, it's it's one of those positions, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, um, the Ravens have a lot of value there. And if there are multiple teams looking for inside linebacker help and special teams help, they could end up trading one of these guys for a seventh round pick or a conditional sixth round pick um, or some sort of player trade that maybe involves draft compensation as well. Um, to get some value instead of just cutting him. And then the teams have to kind of wait it out on waivers to figure out if they get the guy. Right. And I, I, if the, if the Ravens can get something, and I, I made this point in the first show, very similar to what you're saying right now, I don't think they have to be too careful about who they're getting, because I don't think there's enough difference between the guys. And, and that probably even includes Ross. I was kind of including Welch in the deal, but maybe Ross is really the appropriate guy. With Ross, you get something because he's he's you know a second year player, so you get right. two years of optionality with the guy. I don't think he's going to be taken from the Ravens practice squad, but you have two years of additional optionality with the guy. So, you know, maybe he's a little bit less of a defender, maybe he's a little bit less of a special teams player, but you get additional uh, time on that rookie deal and and uh, and control over the player. In, in the case of either any really of Harrison or Phillips or Welch. Yes, there's some difference between those guys defensively. And I would put Harrison and Phillips ahead of Welch, but if they could get something for either of Harrison or uh, Phillips at this point, and I'm not talking about a conditional seventh draft pick. I don't want that, but if they can get a player that addresses a year this year or a developmental player where they, you know, exchange one of these guys for maybe a second year corner or something who, still has a hope of being good, but hasn't worked out. Um, The one big name actually is out there right now. I don't know if you saw it today. Buffalo may be on the verge of Mm -hmm. cutting Kair Elam. Incredible. Right. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, he was a first-round pick last year. Mm -hmm. The Ravens had their trouble (laughs) with Matt Elam. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think they're similar players necessarily. Kair Elam, you know, when I was – kind of scouting him or, you know, looking at him prior to the draft last year, I saw a player that was sticky in coverage, um, but had some issues with tackling and perhaps that has carried over to the NFL level. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure what his difficulty has been in Buffalo um, since he hasn't really been one of the top corners. He's, he's at the bottom of their depth chart right now. So um He's, he's interesting, though, because he, he has the athletic tools you're looking for um, to be sticky and man, um, potentially a good zone corner as well, and just 
maybe needs somebody to light a fire under him. Um, and that can be really difficult if a player doesn't have it. So we'll see. Yeah, he played 34 college games, so lots of and a three-year player. I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of college experience. Had six picks, but the problem was last year in Buffalo he gave up over nine yards a target, and that is terrible. That you have to give up a lot of big plays to let something like that happen. It wasn't a tremendous number of snaps, but I think he might have been in the three to four hundred snap range, uh, and and it was enough that that you start to get kind of worried about it, given the number of coverage snaps he had, the number of targets he had, and whatnot. Um, that that he would he would do that poorly, uh, you know. I think while I would trade Queen for Ringo, Ringo's a rookie, my number five cornerback in the whole draft in terms of right. how much I liked him. The major concern about Ringo was an it was an injury concern, and I think that is probably past given the fact that he's playing in this preseason and seems to be healthy and seems to be pretty solid. Um, I don't know if the Eagles would make that trade, but that that's the trade that I think you you reset the Ravens into another youthful player out of a bigger contract, out of a free agent that's pending. Um, and, and it seems to be the kind of trade that they've made. It, it, they haven't usually made player-for-player player trades, but they traded Orlando Brown for effectively a mid-second round draft pick of those exchange of picks. They traded um, uh, Marquise Brown for probably a high second round pick, including the exchange of picks. It might've been, right. it might've been actually a late first round pick. It ended up, I know they got number 23. I, I know exactly where they did pick, but it's right. a matter of what was the effective pick they got in the exchange. Um, and, and so it, in both of those cases, getting rid of a fourth year player and resetting yourself with some youth seems to make a lot of sense. And this is a case where they get the draft pick essentially in 2023, not 2024 for doing it. And it's at a position of need. I, I just I think that could make a lot of sense for the team. Yeah, I, I agree with that, big time. All right, uh, let me let me bring up another player, Trenton Simpson. We haven't talked about much. Uh, one of the things really interesting, and I I did not yet see the all twenty two to see if this was a quarterback hit. Okay, so I, I I go back and I check that after we look at the offensive play because I want to look at the offensive line and make sure I've allocated the pressures correctly, but. In the case of Trenton Simpson, um, he ran over a running back for the second consecutive week when blitzing from level two. So not not at the line of scrimmage. Okay, as I define it, blitzing is at least a yard and a half off the line of scrimmage, and, and no closer than the slot corner. So he coming he, he was coming from at least a yard and a half off the line of scrimmage. That's a running start, admittedly. But last week he ran over Patterson. And this year, I think it was uh, this game, he, he ran over Laird, I believe it was, who's the guy who hurtled into Lucian's face. Right. In the game. Yeah. So uh, nice to see that. And, uh, uh, you know, he looked great on that one coverage play by the right sideline where he took down the receiver for a gain of one. It was, a, you know, it was a one plus zero play. So perfect kind of a, a, a situation for that. And, uh, there were other plays where he didn't look nearly as good on the run. He was blocked fairly effectively. Um, at times, he doesn't look big enough, but he sure as hell looks fast enough right now. Yeah, he is. He's an impressive athlete. Um, definitely a rocked up physically, physically imposing for his size. But the fact that his position is linebacker, um, and you know, sometimes inside linebackers have to. Um, shed offensive mm-hmm. linemen you know it's it's a big part of the the duties of a mike linebacker is to to be able to get off blocks from the offensive linemen um that that's going to be a little bit of a challenge for him but he, you know in a lot of ways he is similar to patrick queen they have that that similar um skill set where they're speed players um really effective coming downhill and and blitzing um so i think that's where he can develop you know become better at, at doing the things he's not very good at and also improve on the, on the things that he already has that natural ability to do. Yeah. I, I uh, agree totally about him being a tremendous physical talent. He, he, because of his safety background and obviously queen had a lot of trouble adapting to the coverage responsibilities combined with the mic responsibilities involving a right. lot of block shedding. And we, we saw, you know, a, a relatively slow pace of growth although you know over time he's he's gotten to a good level now 
um, in terms of shedding blocks for certain, and also in terms of coverage. It just, it, you know, really took a couple years for him to become a pretty decent linebacker. The same might be true of Simpson and, and, and the luxury of having Queen around this year, or even having Harrison and, and Delshawn Phillips around who look like they could fill in normally at the, at, at the week or even the mic for in, in Harrison's case, in my opinion, uh, would be uh, quite a luxury to have for a player like Simpson to, to learn behind those guys, fill out this year physically, uh, the old NFL weight room um, adage, uh, what do right. you want to call it, cliches, <laughs> that, that he, he, he just needs to get a little stronger here. But, uh, but I like what I'm seeing. I, I, I really enjoy what I'm seeing uh, in him running around the field like a madman. Yep. Agreed with that. You know, he, he already looks like one of those guys that's that's built for the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, some of that could just be appearance. Just, you know, Zay Flowers looks rocked up for a wide receiver, but we all know he's small. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's kind of similar to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, we we know that a player Flowers size can get away with it yep. in terms of because we've seen it with Marquise Brown in terms of a, of a, a really smallish guy. Uh, still being able to do some very, uh, very special things on a football field. All right. On inside linebacker, you want to talk about, I I think we're good. I think you, you mentioned Ross, you got your comments. I don't, I don't really feel the need to talk about Welch because we've, I think we hit on him some in the early show and I don't want to beat up on him for one bad coverage play in this game, which was a little disappointing, but it was what it was. So let's move over to the cornerback position and uh, who would you like to talk about? Um, You know, we can talk a little bit about Jalen Armour Davis um, if you want. Uh, I mean, our Darius Washington would, would be my f- probably my favorite guy out of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Jalen Armour Davis is going to be the guy that is challenged with developing at a quicker pace than some other players this year in order to um, save his value with the franchise. Um, you know, this is year two for him and his development needs to get to a level by the end of this season that the outlook for him in 2024 and beyond is such that he has a place on this roster. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. And I think that he he's securely in the the battle next year in training camp. You know, he has that time, but um, it's it's odd to see a player with a lot of positive um, recognition through training camp become, you know, not that exciting in the preseason. And I know that he's dealt with some injuries, um, but yeah, similar to Brandon Stevens, just can't get his head around. Mm -hmm. Um, Stevens is sticky in coverage and does make the occasional play on the ball. Um, good at knocking the ball out of the hands of a receiver kind of at the catch point or, you know, as the receiver's coming down to the ground, I think that's where you see some of Steven's plays. Um, if armor Davis can do that. And then um, I think he'd be taking a step forward. Um, you know, yeah. there's, there's other considerations with armor Davis that I think he's behind. He's not really, although he has the size to do it, he's not really a natural um, use the boundary as an extra defender corner. He doesn't, he's, he's too lean and too thin to be imposing to opposing receivers that they feel the need to give ground to him. Even though, even though he's big enough to project a shadow of a, of a interception radius on top of their catch radius. If you get my drift, sure. um, he should be someone that, that wide receivers try and gain space from. And therefore that, that it's easy to push to the sideline. But Steven's much more of that in terms of being a physical presence and a, and a guy who, who just naturally bumps on the route a little bit, you know, it, it, the, uh, uh, what do you call it? Incidental bumping. That's very sure. incidental. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, that, that, uh, goes, uh, down the, down the sideline. But anyway, the, um, uh, Stevens, uh, uh, and Armour Davis, different players. And Steve is clearly ahead of him on the depth chart this year. Oh, I don't, yeah. I, I wouldn't think there's any question about that at this point. Uh, Armour Davis, I, I'm not 100% convinced he makes the roster. I mean, the in terms of the – and the way they'll get him there is by creativity, is is honestly is my feeling. And if there's a way to get him on the roster injured, 
try and work with him a little bit on the side, whatever that means, maybe rehab. He's still in the rooms, at least learning the defense a little bit more. And then he comes in and he has three weeks of practice to try and ramp up. And then I think they have a three-week window after that to activate him. So it might be really six weeks, but I have to actually actually think about that. But if you if they if they're, they're then they have a forced activation period, you still could have him on the roster as an inactive if you accumulate some corner injuries by then, which unfortunately we know is likely to occur. Right. So there will be space on him on on the roster for him later this year. That just doesn't really seem to be for me right now. And I, the, also, if if you tried to slip him through, you might actually get him through to the practice squad because I don't think any maybe someone would want to take a chance on him. But I don't think anybody loves him at this point. You know, a year a year removed from being a fourth round draft pick has not did not play well in any time he's been on the field, frankly, so far. Are you or are you really a tremendous risk of losing him off your practice squad? I think the answer. It's it's possible he would be claimed, but I don't think it's definite. But here's the issue. I'd rather have a player like Hayes on the practice squad because you actually have activations you can use him for. And he's been mm-hmm. on, you know, 10 other practice squads. It's not like you know he's not used to this um, process already. But, Hayes, you're going to get him on the field some if you want to. And, yes, he was terrific in this preseason. Possibility he gets claimed. But every team's had multiple chances at Tay Hayes because he's been on waivers, you know, eight, nine times in his career already. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, so Armour Davis, you're, you're, you seem to be pretty sure they can. I got to say, I already submitted my, my uh, roster pool and, and I did have Armour Davis on my list. So if you want to go counter to what I've got. You know, put somebody other than Armour Davis on your on your uh, roster. <laughs> um, but I anyway, uh, uh, I'm 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 probably not as sanguine of the three guys who we talked about on the first show, being Armour Davis, Kelly, and um, Hayes. Uh, I would say that the guy who's playing the best clearly now is Hayes. I think Kelly is playing the second best, and Armour Davis the third. And I think it might be exactly the reverse order how the Ravens kind of view their own internal depth chart. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, let me you, – did you bring up Armour Davis or did I or am I next? Uh, I, I brought him up, so you're welcome to pick the next guy. I do appreciate that. So I, I, I want to talk a little bit about Tay Hayes because he's had just such a fantastic preseason. It's hard to believe who this guy is. And I, I won't go through all the plays in this game because basically he did it again. He's allowed this – ridiculously low 2.8 passer rating for the entire preseason. Make sure I had that right. It's not like six point. No, it's 2.8 on nine targets. So think Ryan Leaf uh, against the <laughs> Ravens in 2000. That's about right about where his passer rating was. Leaf might actually been zero or it might've been four. I'm not right. sure what, but it's uh, it's in the same range. Um, he's looked great. He's, he's, he's found the football in the air. He's uh, not been getting beat when he's when he's uh, in coverage deep. He's in step for step coverage, and the quarterback's really worrying about not throwing an interception. And you know the ball is getting overthrown. Uh, just, he's just been absolutely terrific. And then when the when when he's in zone, they happen to make a big mistake. You know, throwing the ball behind a tight end, and and he and he came up with the pick. So um, he's he's done exactly what's been asked of him. Uh, he's a third year player, so he's not completely out of option value, but if you don't love who he is right now, you might not, you might not still like him on your roster. You know, there's a lot of third year players who, if they're on the border of the roster, they're, you know, the bias is against them because you want to have a guy with more developmental value still left. Well, in Hayes's case, I think he's good enough that you say he could be a good cornerback for us this year. And, oh, we also get him next year. Right. uh, On an RFA deal. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, phenomenal preseason, like you mentioned. A really small sample size, but you know that's not really his fault. You know, he's he's been playing, he's been out there on defense, and he's not getting targeted very much, and that is a positive, definitely a positive. Now the guy's only five nine, and a lot of other teams. And by the way, I think he listed himself at five eleven, or somebody did in in a uh, in a college scouting thing or something. But but. Uh, he definitely looks shorter than 5'11". The Ravens list him on their roster at 5'9", and he lists, I think, in the uh, – uh, where else did I see it that he was 5'9"? Might have been in, in pro football reference that right. had him at 5'9". But anyway, a, a guy who 
uh, I think a lot of other teams might have pigeonholed at slot corner, and he hasn't played any slot corner for the Ravens. Been all been all outside, as far as I can recall. He might have played a snap or two at slot corner this preseason, but it's been basically outside corner. Yeah, that's it's really interesting when you see a short guy play outside corner and do it well. Um, it kind of reminds you of Tavon Young a little bit um, when he was able to do that for the Ravens early in his career. And um, Ladarius Webb was, I guess, more of a, a middle-of-the-pack size mm-hmm. corner. He was definitely bigger than 5'9", but, you know, he's not a big guy, and he he, he played well on the outside for, for a good while. Yeah, he could do it both. That Webb- Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. was a special special football yeah. player yeah uh, but he was 510 yeah yeah just had to look that up um yeah it's a, 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 certainly in today's game five nine there aren't very many total five nine corners playing on the outside in the entire nfl very few starters that would mm. that would meet that uh, thing and and very much counter to the ravens usual strategy and even over biasing towards tall long corners and being biased against these guys uh, who, you know, they, they, if they hadn't uh, really taken a chance on a guy like Hayes, they would have maybe missed out on a good corner. Yep. All right, your turn. I will bring up another small guy and that's our Darius Washington. I alluded to him earlier. He, he's been a player that I've liked, um, you know, since he was coming out of that draft uh, a number of years ago out of TCU um, probably should have been drafted, but you know he lacked the size, and I his testing was not good either. He was pretty slow in the forty, I think four sixes mm-hmm. um, in the forty. But he is a football player. He understands coverage. Um, he's sticky in the slot, and he can also provide some, you know, ancillary value as a safety. You know that's what he did in college. Really, he was a he was more of a free safety kind of guy. Um, but, you know, he stood out big time this preseason and solidified himself, in my opinion. And I'm, I know in your opinion and many others, probably the Ravens themselves, uh, to be that starting nickel corner. Whenever they have three wide, wide receiver sets, um, he will be in there against, you know, it'll probably be matchup based. But I expect him to get the majority of the snaps early in the season at nickel corner. Um, yeah. I, I basically say the only time you're going to see Hamilton up at all, which is the other option to bring up into the box, would be a, a 12 personnel look, and sure. that'll be with four defensive backs. Right. And, and you might see a you know a press situation where they want to get Hamilton up in the tight end's face. I I don't I I mean I couldn't be more thrilled with what happened to Washington this preseason, and it's been the biggest single answer to any question this preseason and camp and and the only other guy who's really in the same ballpark is zay flowers but i think the expectation level is pretty high for flowers to start with so in terms of a change in expectation level you have a slot corner position where it's been uh, you know injured 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 you know basically and they lost stevens to the outside because they had injuries that that forced that so you know they're down to their fourth choice at, at slot corner and they strike gold you know, thank goodness they kept digging <laughs> because uh, <laughs> if they had Arthur Mollett, I don't think they'd have as good a result to start the season. I think that, uh, you know, that would not be as good an outcome. And now 
Uh, Mollett has some guaranteed money in his contract, but uh, I don't anticipate him making this roster. I think it'll be Ardarius Washington. I don't think they switch positions at any time this year. I think as long as he's healthy, he's the slot corner. Yeah, I agree. I think he's done enough to to kind of solidify that um, himself in that role. I think um, when Pepe gets off the IR, assuming that they don't put him on season-ending IR, um, I think it's more going to be an opportunity for him if there's another injury in the DB room to um, get on the field for special teams and then maybe kind of rotate those guys. But I, I think our Darius has that nickel spot locked up. I'm with you. All right, let's uh, let's jump over to the safety position. I know we probably could talk about other corners if you want to talk about Kelly or somebody, but I, I want to talk about safety and then I want to get to the roster and we may have some other discussions that come up during that. So we had Geno Stone and uh, Worley playing the first half. We had Lucian and uh, Houston Carson playing the second half. Who, who would you like to talk about among those guys? Um, so I feel like Worley um, is a guy that is – is going to be on this roster. Um, he he has played really well in this preseason. Uh, I just think he has, because he's a veteran that's been around the game for a while, played on multiple teams, has experience in this Ravens defense, you're seeing that, that typical Harbaugh level of, um, of secondary player in, in these preseason games whenever he's on the field. Um, what he was able to do in that first game, you know, calling his own shot, saying that he's going to end the game and then actually doing it mm -hmm. um, is, you know, reminiscent of guys like Anthony Levine, um, you know, wearing the same number. So I, I don't know if I'm just getting <laughs> <laughs> caught up in that. But, um, yeah, he has he has that kind of swagger to him. And I think he just he got a little bit of that last year, you know, playing as well as he did at corner, you know, as a, a really slow player playing corner against the Cincinnati Bengals and really holding his own. Um, but yeah, he's looked, he looked really good as a safety. And I think that's more his natural position at this point um, coming downhill, being able to use his eyes um, a lot more than, than um, at corner when he's playing, you know, press man. So yeah, I, I've liked what I've seen from him and I, I think he will end up on the roster. It's, it's interesting because they had Worley pretty much pegged as a safety because of his, I think it was a 464 40 time coming out of school. Right. And he went back to corner and, you know, had a bunch of starts in the National Football League. It was like a, over 50, might be 60 starts, no, 55, I think maybe, starts in the National Football League. Um, and you think, you know, why didn't they think of this earlier? Well, they did. They thought of coming right out in the draft and then they had a need at corner apparently in Carolina at the time and they, and they stuck him out mm -hmm. there. But uh, definitely a guy who who brings a lot to the safety position, and that particularly at the end of a preseason game, it's like he's a senior playing with a bunch of seventh graders playing football, and he knows exactly where the ball is going. He can figure out what the quarterback wants to do with it, you know, without taxing himself too much, and goes right to the spot and and, and can make the play. But uh, very impressive, very impressive. Hard hard to imagine a guy, you know, being more in the head of the opposing uh, quarterback and coach than uh, than he was at the end of that first game. Yep. Uh, I'll talk, uh, I did talk briefly about Geno Stone. I don't think he really hurt his chances to make the team in any sense. I think he's a top backup at safety. Clearly didn't play well in this last game. I do want to talk about Jeremy Lucien a little bit and Lucien, of course, people know, and if you don't please download the interview with Jeremy Lucien, you'll be immediately impressed with the guy. Uh, he's extremely smart. Uh, he'll tell you that too, but he's extremely smart and uh, mechanical engineer in school who, who got through his degree while playing football, which is impressive in its own right, but really brings a lot of that to the field in terms of learning. And, and you know, he talks a little bit about the classroom environment and, uh, you know, he's the one who's able to call out the plays, call out the checks and whatnot when he's, when he's watching film. And that's, you know, a really good background to have. It's a good skill set to have when you're trying to change positions. And he made the point, he's only been playing safety for three weeks now. So it's right. these three games are all he's all the only safety he's ever played. Uh, and for that to be the case and for him to play as well as he had in this preseason is really remarkable. And I, I want to point out 
I've talked a lot about about the individual plays, and please go out there and take a look at the articles, which really chronicle a lot of what he's been through in these three games. But he's had 17 tackles, which is second on the team in this preseason. He has played a lot, um, six defensive wins, and most importantly, zero missed tackles. So he's really looked good. 4.4 yards per target when they're throwing at him. Terrific, even for safety, some have, sometimes have a lower total in there. Sometimes have a higher because safeties can give up big plays over the top. Right. But uh, but he hasn't he hasn't given up any of those. He had a QH that was negated by that DPI that lost the uh, game against the Commanders. But uh, other than that, I thought he was uh, he he really played outstanding ball this preseason. And I don't think there's a roster spot for him because I don't think they'll displace Worley even with the kind of the four to one years relationship. I think that Lucian sticks with the Ravens practice squad, and I think he's a guy they try and develop at safety. And next year, I would bet on him to be in there in place of Worley probably in his second year. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he's played really well, especially for this being his first time playing safety. Um, you can tell that he he will develop. Um, he's you know not an old player, but um, I think he he was in college for five years. I think he's 23. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, plenty of room for growth for him. Um, learning a new position, really smart guy. I, I listened to that podcast too. Interesting um, player to to listen to. He seems like a, a fun guy. I liked the the comment about the hotel, you know, mil- milking it. And, yes, um, I love that. <laughs> and, and staying there as long as he can. You know, that's, that's just smart. You're yeah. Using your resources wisely, and um, I appreciate that. So uh, I definitely hope he makes the practice squad and um, and can get some game day activations down the line. Um, whether that's for you know special teams primarily, or if he can get a, some snaps on defense, um, you know, knock on wood that that all of the uh, starters are healthy. But um, it, it it'll definitely be good to to see him. Um, get some activations at some point. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And you get three chances at least for free. And, you know, it's a next man up league. So you, injuries yeah. happen in the defensive backfield and there's a fairly good chance that some somebody gets hurt at some point. We certainly, you know, with the with the talent the Ravens have and, and their starters at safety, we certainly hope there are no injuries there this year. Right. But it always yeah. seems to happen at some point. Okay, uh, let's go on and talk about our roster picks because I think this is the the interesting part of the show that I think everybody's been waiting for. And I know you're staying up late and you're trying to decide how you're going to set your set your 53 for the Ravens roster show tomorrow. And let me just say, almost every roster that the Ravens have ever had um, since they've been doing this contest, anyway, or since I've been aware of of how they set the roster, has always been in the 53 man roster a 25, 25, and three roster meaning 25 offensive, 25 defense, and a three-man wolf pack. This year, I could see a difference in that. Yep. That That's interesting that you say that because I also went in that direction with mine. Um, I think there are some games that the Ravens could play with the roster like they have been known to do so um, previously. So with uh, without further ado – we can get into it. You want to start with offense or defense? No, let's. Um, we're only going to do the off the defense tonight. Okay, so only the defense. What Got I it. did is this: I said, "Who's going to be the twenty-five on opening day?" So this is not exactly meet the roster contest, but you okay. can define it in whatever way you like and say, "I think X makes the roster on opening day, but he's sure. not. He's going to be cut tomorrow, and then he's going to be replaced. Kind of, he'll be back on." Sure, sure. So, uh, start with the defensive line. Who are your guys? Um. So. For the defensive line opening day roster, which is different than what I have here, um, of course you have your four, Justin Matabike, um, Travis Jones, Michael Pierce, Broderick, uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. I would also say Brent Urban is on that list for the opening day roster. Okay, and Blackson, you uh, I, do not- I do not have him on there. Um, that, could, that could change with – you know, depending on how many handshake deals there are and how many guys go to IR after that initial cutdown, he could be on the roster. But I think they will start the year with five. Okay, that's that's interesting because Blackson, they, if they brought him back in year two, 
they can further de-guarantee his salary to make it a paid weekly. So they have that that option uh, of doing that. I, I think the treatment that they've given Blackson so far would indicate they clearly see him as part of their plans. But I think the, the latest he'll be back on the roster would be week two, and they'd only be doing the week two thing to to uh, get away with the uh, uh, non-guarantee of salary. Sure. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but I would agree. I think those are the six for opening day, and I think the obvious handshakes are Urban and Blackson on that group, and they uh, they make room for somebody else who gets subsequently transferred to IR. Yep. Move on to outside linebacker. The guys I have are Adafe Owe, David Ajabo, uh, Jadavion Clowney. I put on there on, on the Ravens website, they have him on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fine. Um, yep. Tyus Bowser and Tavius Robinson. And then, yeah, I think that's it. I don't have anybody joining after that. Okay. So I've got the same five guys. And what I would say about that is, I have not yet heard anything I can really trust about when Bowser is going to be back. Sure. If they project Bowser to be out for a longer period, I think it is possible he'll get shifted to IR prior to week one, which would just break my heart because that means they're not going to have him against uh, Cincinnati and they they really want his presence there oh, for that. I got you, yes. And, and so he might end up being a guy who – actually creates an additional space on the, mm-hmm. on, on the roster, but he, but he right. still has to go through the, um, he, 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 like, he for sure is going to be added to the roster at the beginning of the season, unless there's something we haven't heard about yet that, that he's going to be out for the whole year. Um, and if he does, I bet he would stay on NFI for the whole year. Basically, frankly, if, if the injury caused, caused him to miss the whole season and the Ravens knew that was going to happen before the season, I think he stays on NFI and effectively does not get paid for this year. Yeah. Um, I don't I'm not sure where I heard this or read this but um I'm pretty sure he is coming off the NFI this week. Okay, good. Yeah, I I cannot confirm this but I I'm pretty sure that I that I heard that or read that somewhere. Um it I believe it was a Harbaugh quote so take it with a grain of salt. Um but you know, that that does sound positive. I still is that enough time for him to get caught up to speed and play week one? I don't know. Um, if if they take him off the NFI and he practices, could they still move him to IR yeah. after after the initial yeah, just, the, the two yeah. designations that he can't return to are NFI or PUP. Um, and I think I I, th- I think I'm 100 correct that he can't return to NFI if he sub suffers a subsequent injury that's different from the first, I believe he could return to NFI. Okay. So if he goes out and, and, you know, breaks his leg and, or, or shoots himself in a nightclub shooting, for example, right. I, he can go back to NFI for that, but he can't, not for the knee injury. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Th- that is definitely going to be an interesting one to watch. Um, Cause you know, you know, talking about the week one roster versus the, Initial 53 is, is a different animal. Yeah, I'm sorry. I obviously messed you up, and I can see you struggling through this this part right now. No, no, no worries. No worries. It's fine. So we've taken up 11 spots so far of what we think will be 25 on opening day. Let's move on to inside linebacker. Who are your guys, and how many do you have? You are probably going to be different than me here because um, we were talking about it earlier. I have mm-hmm. Roquan Smith. Patrick Queen, Trenton Simpson, and Delshawn Phillips. Um, as far as game day activations, I do think it's quite possible that Simpson is not active for that first week. Um, and perhaps a player like Harrison would, you know, would end up on the roster or um, a practice squad elevation. I know we're okay. not just talking let, about elevation. Let, let, let's be clear here. The, 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 the 53 we're talking about include the deactivations on week one. Yeah. So you don't have to Trenton Simpson's on the roster either yes. way. Yeah. yeah. And and Harrison, though, you're saying you'd put him on the practice squad and maybe elevate him as yeah. one of the players who would be active on game day for week one. Yes. Um that's that's what I have for right now. Okay. That's interesting. I I don't think they're ready 
to um, make that move with Harrison. I think they could. I, I think if the right trade came along, they might do it. But I don't see them as even with the the strength they have at inside linebacker. I don't think the strength at outside linebacker is enough, or at, spe- at special teams for that matter, that they'd be willing to take the hit there to drop him from the roster. Now all their guys are, they are pretty similar. We've talked about this in terms of Welch and Phillips and Harrison in terms of their multi-unit roles on special teams. The one thing that Harrison gives you that the others don't is the ability to play outside linebacker. Right. I would agree with that. All right. So I did have five there. Harrison's on my roster. He makes it. And that leaves me with one less spot for a defensive back, obviously, because I'm now at 16 and you're at only 15, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk. Let's talk safety and we'll leave corner for last. How many safeties do you have? Uh, So, uh, yes, um, it would be four, I think, for me. Um, Yes, four. Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, Geno Stone, and Daryl Worley um, Mm -hmm. coming, you know, with a handshake deal, getting on the 53 after. Um, Those would be my four safeties with, of course, some other players that I don't label as a safety but have that ability um, that are, are listed in my cornerback list. Okay. So you still got four and, and to, they played the whole year last year with four safeties. I'm pretty sure they've played other years. They've started with three at times. Uh, so four is not an abnormally low number. The only times it becomes stretched thin is when you have a team that a likes to play dime, the Ravens mm-hmm. are now a committed nickel. So that's not a risk anymore or B uses their safety at slot corner, which was exactly what happened last year to the Ravens. Right. And you'd have to figure there is some risk of that happening again, because I don't know what other option they have other than Hamilton. If our Darius goes down, they'll have to figure it out. Yeah. But, but I don't know what other option is going to be most obvious to them at that point. Agreed with that. All right. So I have the same four guys at safety. So now you've got one more corner, you've got seven and I've got six. So I'll tell you who my six are first, and then you'll tell me yeah. who you have additionally. So I have Darby, and I, I the art for the article purposes, not for my actual roster pick. I actually changed my mind and said, okay, Kelly is going to be the guy who makes it because of his rookie status, um, and they're going to take their chances with whatever happens with JAD, uh, Seymour Stevens, Ardarius Washington, and Rocky Sin. Uh, Humphrey will be on the roster. Uh, and he might be on the active 53, but my my feeling is he probably is on IR and does not come back until week five based on what I think I understand about his injury or just the nuance of what I'm hearing from Harbaugh. I, I don't think there's enough to make me think he's really going to be back in the first month. Yeah, I, I agree with that. My, my difference was Jalen Armour Davis makes the roster. Um, and I do think, you know, a couple of those guys are in contention for IR. Mar- Marlon Humphrey's the obvious one. And then you have a couple guys that have been banged up that, you know, potentially could go to IR depending on some situations in practice and stuff like that. And if they if they could manufacture the thing, which was a much more accepted practice years ago, they right. used to do tons of season-ending IRs to protect certain players, but particularly when the draft was much deeper. Um, they just, they've played a lot of games. I, I know they try and reduce some of this and there's paperwork involved and blah, 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 blah. But there's so many little injuries that they're constantly documenting that they probably can get away with some of this still, particularly these soft tissue deals, which do seem to keep people out for four or five, six weeks with hamstring injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think it, it's going to be very possible that they may try and slip somebody through onto a, a IR, but designated to return possibility. And it really makes, I mean, if they could do it legally, you'd want them to do it with a couple of corners, probably. Yep. I mean, if they, yep. they, you want to have midseason replacements coming back and the cornerback deep, not only is it not a particularly deep cornerback group, it's not a particularly deep cornerback group in terms of talent, but some of the guys aren't replaceable or, or you might find out, I don't really like this guy that much. Let me go to the next one. Right. All right. So anyway, you you had one other guy, Armor Davis, on that roster. So uh, pretty consistent. So our only difference is you have Armor Davis over Harrison, uh, basically on on your roster as far as who you think will be on the fifty three on opening day. Yes. And we both are thinking about the same things in terms of the 
roster. So I'd ask, you've already got your your roster guess, I'm guessing, in by this point? Yes, but, I do. Fantastic. What what advice would you give the the uh, the person who's filling out a roster for this year? Because I've got one one item that might be the same as yours. Um, you know, pay attention to the the veterans on this team. The guy, the vested veterans that can be cut and sign handshake deals. The classic ones are Brent Urban. Um, you mentioned um, Blackson as well. Mm-hmm. The the other one that. You know, I didn't mention his name, and um, he uh, he would 100% be on my game day roster, and I should have mentioned him, is Kevon Seymour. Yeah, he's 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 on my list. Okay, I don't know if I put him on mine. So let's, let's go through the six again. So my six were Darby, Kelly, Seymour, Stevens, Washington, and Yasin in alphabetical order. You had Armour Davis on, so that's one difference. So, so I, had had, seven. I had Humphrey... Rocky Sin, Ronald Darby, Brandon Stevens, Darius Washington, Jalen Armour Davis, Caillou Kelly, and Pepe Williams. Some of those guys, well, Pepe especially, will be moved to IR. And, and Humphrey so, maybe too. And Humphrey. So I actually, for for the, the pick your team, I cut Kevon Seymour and bring him back the day after. Yeah. Yeah, He's that, one of those handshake guys. And so me. is Worley. So that would, would give the yep. Ravens really four in that case. It's an odd year. And the, the point of advice I would have is very similar. Normally it's extremely sound strategy to go 25, 25 and three, because the roster almost is always built that way. But this year I would project a 26, 24 is, is more likely because all of the defenders, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, all of the handshake guys are defenders. Correct. And so, They're, Sorry, you go ahead. Yep, you should be looking at probably 26 offensive players and 24 defenders on the initial roster since you're going to have comeback that might be three and one based on how injuries are doled out. So I, I would agree with that. There, there was one idea that I had, and I don't know how it would look to other teams, but I believe it would be possible. What do you think about the Ravens using Tyler Ott as another handshake deal? I, I, it's is, it's a money situation. Is does he make the minimum? I believe he's a minimum guy. He might make a little bit more than minimum, so it's a cap um, concern. But he is, you know, just a one-year long snapper for the team that is a veteran that's not going to go through waivers. You could technically use him as a handshake deal. I, I didn't look into the the cap constraints on that particular it looks it looks like he's making the vet minimum i mean he's a the problem is he's a pro bowl long snapper so if if somebody offers him 1.5 million to play for them and they say look you're clearly over the injury we would assign you if we knew you were right um you know we'll take you for 1.5 million i mean could end up costing the ravens some money in a way they wouldn't like there are other guys by the way on the ravens roster who are kind of borderline in terms of whether they'll be on and have only a little guaranteed money and the, the two big ones are Josh Johnson. Could technically you go for, with one quarterback if you want Josh Johnson sure. as your backup? You could you can bring him back on a handshake deal. Yep. He has like some small amount, like one hundred and fifty thousand in guaranteed money. I don't think they really figure Arthur Mallette into their plans anymore. But he has two hundred and twenty thousand in guaranteed money. If they want to bring him back, they can do it. Right. Um, and I think honestly, he comes back to the practice squad at this point. He's got to he's got to re-earn the opportunity given he's all the time he's missed and the third guy who scored a touchdown last night is laquan treadwell and i don't think i haven't heard anybody think that he's going to be the sixth receiver for the ravens at this point wallace has had a real good preseason you know he's a big special teams player um i think he makes it ahead of treadwell but if they if they thought highly of treadwell uh, i believe he's also making the vet minimum so they have other guys who who fit the characteristics but it just may be a little bit outside of where uh the ravens are are, are uh waterline in terms of, of making the roster yeah I, I would agree with that there's definitely some things that they can do and it seems like we're pretty much on the same page on on how the roster construction would go down to uh, to create that initial 53 well just a ton of fun uh, doing a thesis every year. I, 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 well, every time we get to talk, I love these discussions, Jake, I'm sure we'll have you back on the regular season for offense or a defense show, or maybe one of each, uh, tell folks again where they can find your writing online. 
Yeah, um, I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm not currently writing for any websites, but um, you can find me at Real Jake Vogel, V-O-G-E-L. And um, I love t- talking football, NFL and college. So definitely uh, hit me up. All right. Big Georgia fan. If you want to hear why Kelly Ringo is the right guy to pick up, ask him. <laughs> uh, but uh, other folks out there, if you'd like to do a film study short, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. You know the drill by now. A uh, lot of you have. I've had a lot of lot of uh, uh, DMs coming through recently. Really appreciate it, guys. Uh, and I'm always in during the regular season. I do have a, a, a really good content schedule this year in terms of having, uh, you know, six days and maybe eight podcasts per week that are going to be coming out. But I'm always looking for that one extra pod maybe to come out on a Sunday or even a Monday while I'm doing my analysis post game, that would be a, a, an interesting sidelight um, and, and would, uh, would, would have something that would, that would still be on schedule or, or perhaps even better uh, not have a particular schedule that it's on. Uh, but anyway, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. We'll talk through the idea and, and see if there's a, a kernel of an episode there that we can talk about. Jake, thanks again for coming on. Thank you for the invite, Ken. We'll talk to you next time on film study. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.